Good morning, good morning, you guys. Oh my goodness, I can't believe how fast this month is already going. Like, it's insane. It is insane. You know, it's been very busy for me, and I realized that Gemini season ends next week. So I wanted to get out this last Gemini season, um, I mean, Gemini episode, you know, for you guys on time as usual. And um, I'm just, it's just been crazy. Like, the week has been busy for me, like I said, and um, I've been doing a lot of things, manifesting money left and right. Oh, I just manifested 300 yesterday, so yay, you know. Um, and also, my nephew graduated yesterday. It was freaking amazing. I'm kind of a little raspy because I was like screaming my head off, and it just felt good because you know, like graduation season, and you know, things are opening back up here, and you know, people got to experience their graduation compared to the 2020 kids, you know. And um, it's just, it's crazy, and I love it, and I'm so grateful, you know, that he worked hard, and he made it, um, so I'm so proud of him. Um, also, you guys, I am so proud to announce that I took that fucking leap, and I am now in an astrology course. <laughs> Um, I, I decided to do a basic one, um, where it's natal chart rating so that I can start doing natal charts, but I'm definitely going to branch off because I realized, uh, the instructor was talking about the different ways you can branch off in astrology. And of course you can do it as div- divination, uh, predictive, which I've mentioned to you guys that I'm not really someone who's into future reading and all that kind of stuff, because I feel like you're kind of playing with fire with that. And to people who do it, by all means, kudos, that's your life and everything. But that's just for me. That's almost like someone has asked me, they were like, would you love to read? Would you love to know your future? Like, um, or how you die or whatever. And I, I would not because think about it. If you were to see your future, what happened if you just happen to see a part where you're like fucking failing or you're something's really wrong or you know what I mean? It's just, I don't want, I, I would never want to know something like that because then I would live in fear and I would try to do everything that I could to avoid that. You know what I mean? And you, you never know that that moment that you saw could have been your biggest breakthrough. You could be down and out, but then the next day, that you didn't see you something great probably could have happened and sometimes you have to go through those those breakdowns you know just to be able to you know um be successful and so I don't like to um predict because I feel like majority of people who predicted something they were always wrong so you just don't know and I know some people can be really gifted but I just I don't know I just I'm that's not my thing. So uh, he also mentioned uh, what was the other one? Um, of course, like natal chart ratings, um, like learning yourself, kind of like the psychological version or relationship, uh, which is synastry kind of related. And that's the one that I want to do. I want to not only read natal charts, but I want to branch off into the relationship uh, synastry so I can actually really understand and really, you know, like, um, help people. Um, 
I also, you know, it's just, like I said, I've studied astrology, but I don't know the way he's teaching it. Just, it really breaks it down, you guys, like extremely. And like, I never even realized how, um, like, I know we have, we have modalities and we have, uh, what is it? Um, like, you know, your, your carnals, your elements, uh, and I can't, I'm having a brain fart, guys, I'm so sorry, you know, like, mutable fix and all that good stuff, like, I do, excuse me, I do that, you know, all that is there, and, you know, of course, I definitely knew about elements play the role, but I never realized that the modalities and all that stuff, um, you know, like, also affects, like, who you connect with, you know what I mean, and it makes perfect sense, I was like, I don't know why I didn't really think about that, but he said that basically, you know, the element, um, of course, we know, you know, air with fire, you know, earth and water and all that stuff, but it's deeper than that, too, because, you know, like, if, you know, someone's a carnal or mutable, you know, then will they, you know, they may not work as well as like, let's say like a uh, carnal and fixed or fixed and mutable or mutable, you know, like so forth. You know what I mean? Because he really broke it down on the, on the positive sides of that, of those signs and then the negative sides. And, um, it's just been really fascinating. I'm already kind of going through it kind of quick um, because, of course, it's something that I'm passionate about. It's just like psychology. Like, you put something that I'm passionate about and that I love to do. Like, also, I don't know if you guys have heard of human design, but I'm a generator, the most basic of the basics of human design, yes. But we we have to really go by, for us to be successful in life and for us to feel good in life, we have to really go by our, pretty much like our intuition, like our sacral energy. And whatever, you know, we're not supposed to sit there and initiate or think of what to do. We're supposed to just, we're here to like react, which means that when we're presented with something, we just get that gut feeling where it's just like, yes, this is the path that I want to take, or no, this isn't the path. We're not supposed to be like, well, science said, you know what I mean? We just have to, it's like almost like in, intuition, pretty much like that gut feeling. We, we're led by the gut feeling, like our sacral energy, our creative energy, our sexual energy. And um, I have, even though I have read tons of books and I, and I have tons of books of astrology, I felt like I needed that next step. Like I needed to be guided. I needed to have someone who's a professional who, you know, can teach me the different ways and help me understand, you know, like exactly like what I'm looking at in a natal chart. You know what I mean? Like I just also found out when I was doing that, that the red lines means those are the challenging aspects of your chart and the blue ones are more easy flowing. So it's just, I'm already learning a lot and it's going to help so much for this podcast. And eventually I'm going to, um, when I get my certificate and I uh, pass and graduate, not graduate, but pass it, um, uh, you know, I can start offering readings and stuff, you guys. So I'm, I'm excited. I, I've always wanted to do that. I was already doing um, 
you know, like medical astrology, I study that, but you really have to understand like the different things. And like I told you guys, like I struggle with houses um, because I just, I don't know. I, I had a hard time understanding them and I'm coming up on that lesson pretty soon. And also, also um, I, I understand some aspects, but not great. You know what I mean? So I, those are the two that I'm really looking at right now. I'm on the signs and the, you know, modalities and elements. And, um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty good with those. Um, but like I said, he's teaching it in a way that I didn't expect. So I'm learning even more, but yeah, I just wanted to encourage you guys that if you feel like you've kind of read everything and, you know, like Google, Google is good, but it's just, it's kind of meh. And I feel like I've kind of hit a wall where a lot of things that I read on Google sound the same. So that's why I was like, you know what? This fucking thing is on sale. Like literally I got a good ass deal for it. It's on sale. It's usually like almost like $200 or so. Um, but it's, it was on sale. So that's all like, why the fuck not? That's like a sign right there to get it, you know, like get it through. So I can use that with that plus medical astrology. It's going to help so, so, so much because, um, I want to be able to know, you know, like, like very well how to take care of myself, uh, through astrology and, and help others. I had a couple of people who let me read, um, like, they gave me their birth time and stuff, and I was able to read um, their medical astrology. And, of course, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, like, diagnosing and shit. But I'm just, like, telling them, like, what planets could be, like, costing this and all that stuff. And then um, I don't I don't, I don't, don't give them medicines or nothing. I'm just, like, telling them, oh, well, Saturn, like, let's say if Saturn is, like, squared to Mars or something like that, this is the things that could be, you know, like happening in your body you know what I mean and I let them know and they'll be like oh my gosh you're like right on I don't ask them questions or anything before I read it um I'll, I'm just like oh if you have this you have this aspect this is what happens when you have this aspect and then I'll read like what the maladies are and then they'll be like oh my god that's exactly what I'm having or yeah it's this and then you end up finding that Saturn is you know aspected to you know like the sun, usually if it's aspected to the sun or Mars, yeah, it's not good. If it so if it's a negative, um, sometimes it can be like trining too sometimes, but or conjunction. But yeah, it, it can be all kinds of stuff, but this will help enhance that. And so I'm just so excited. I am so excited, you guys. Um But yeah, I hope everyone's been doing well, like I said, and um I am coming you coming uh, to you from my bed right now. I'm actually laying down because I am so sore, so sore in my body. I like I said, I've been very, very busy all this week uh, to the point where it feels like I just exercised for like, like I never stopped exercising for like four days. That's how sore I am. It's crazy. But um, as we know, we are coming to close to uh, the Gemini um, season closing, and we're about to head into Cancer on the 22nd, you guys. Oh my God, I'm so happy. Mercury goes direct. I am so fucking excited about that because I feel like Mercury just has me fogged. 
you know what I mean? It just has me like blah when it comes to like, you know, I, I it's just, I don't want to, you know, I've been working on my business. I can tell you guys that I just don't want to move forward. Um, until then, I know you're not supposed to really start anything new during Mercury retrograde, like hence my astrology course that I'm in, but it was too good of a deal, and it's something I know that I'm not going to regret when Mercury uh, goes direct. But, uh, yeah, we are on the Gemini women. You guys, Gemini women, they're they're fucking amazing. I have uh, quite a bit of Gemini um, girlfriends, and they, oh, my gosh, they, they are like clowns. Not, like, in a bad way, but they are funny as fuck. Like, Gemini overall, but... Gemini women, they are funny as fuck. They really feed my energy. You know what I mean? They pump me up. We just laugh and talk and have fun and everything else. It's just, it's amazing. I love it. I can't complain. Um, So shout out to you, Gemini girls. You know, you guys are the life of the party. Oh my goodness. Um, You guys are known as the sign of sexual provocation. And uh, you are also known as the Gemini woman, the gift. Ooh, let's see what this is. So it says, Gemini woman rides a fine line between innate vulnerability and an aggressive need to assert her own agenda, both professionally and in her personal life. She is acutely aware of her feminine wiles while uh, using them to her best advantage, often playing a coy or precautious in order to disarm people and gain necessary ground. Indeed, no other female creates more of a stir, whether in expressing her signature outside spirit in awesome displays of talent or upsetting the proverbial apple, uh, apple cart in the trademark coops. Oh, my gosh. She's won't she's won't to launch. I'm sorry. Sometimes this book misspells. So it makes me it like my mind starts going crazy. It says she's she won't to launch. I don't know if that wants, I guess but they put won't, or both. Gemini is not a casual or even overly considerate character, easily claiming the title of nervous creature in the Zodiac. She's capable of achieving the greatest triumphs as well as causing the gravest trouble. She puts everything and then some into scoring any goal, embodying a take-no-prisoners attitude in each endeavor. Gemini is iconic, if not cyclonic. She lives every circumstance, and indeed, each individual she encounters irrevocably altered in the wake of her presence. When it comes to relationships, she throws herself into situations out of an alternating need to indulge desire and impose dominance, letting herself be swept away by curiosity. At times, she will full tilt flirt with disaster. Eventually, Gemini touches down and settles into an understanding bond in which she may safely swing between her two distinct personalities. Helpless baby doll and ruthless ruthless boss. With with other women, she is all the more imperious drawn to doting lovers who will unquestioningly do her bidding in public as well as in private. Now I can tell you this, like I have a I have a Gemini friend where this girl, she cracks me up. I don't know how she does it, but she will have multiple guys and it's funny because she would have parties and we'd go to the party and she would have one guy over on the point of the one end of the party and then someone she was dating in the front and I was like I don't know how you do that I I really don't 
And she was like, oh, you just got to know how to play the game and everything. And she, I mean, she gets guys like nothing and guys just end up falling for her left and right because she's really funny and really smart. And I just, I don't know, like I said, she she knew how to work the game. Um, so I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. But um, let me see if they have a... Um, archetype they do the myth I like to read these because like I said you know like every sign they refer to them and then we're like eh so anyways um Gemini personifies the demigoddess half divine half mortal like winged spirits of fairies the Gemini Castor and Pollux have twin sisters Helen and Clytomenstra meaning divine courtship Eris, goddess of discord, Gemini in troublemaker mode, causes an uproar by tossing an apple into a party to which she wasn't invited. On it, on it is written for the fairest among, among you. Athena, Hera, and Aphrodite all pounce during the judgment of Paris. The divas bribe him with wisdom, power, and the love of the most beautiful woman in the world. Helen, Gemini, at, at various times pretends to offer any combination of these endowments herself. Interesting. All right. Um, hmm. Oh, I'm skipping stuff. But yeah, cancer will be the last time as far as the sexual wise in this book, guys. So it kind of sucks. And I said I'm looking for something. Um... To, you know, like, kind of add on to this. Because, you know, I really do enjoy learning this stuff. And it's, like I said, one of the most popular episodes. And I looked again. And the number one sex episode is the Scorpio meal. <laughs> like, that that shit is lit up. It is lit. That is the number one episode on this podcast uh, thus far. Anyways. <clears throat> I mean, can we blame them? You know, Scorpios are hot. Anyways, so here's the sex and sexuality. So it says, whether drawing upon the eve of expulsion, Helen or Eris, Gemini woman is metaphorically endowed with a controversial character. Just as Helen's name translates to torch, so does it carry the cinemist, meaning a firebrand, Hellion, agitator, ringleader, marplot, or provocateur all of which are applicable to astrology's little Tinkerbell. <laughs> Cute. Um, but Gemini isn't conscious at this archetypal weight, at least not, not wholly so. As the Zodiac's daughter of Mercury, she is perpetually lodged at its crossroads domain. Controversy, literally, alternating direction is her birthright. The expression, the girl can't help it, had to have been coined after twins. Love that. Reminds me of that Fergie song. Can't help it. The girl can't help it. Anyways. <laughs> Falling in love. That's the song by Fergie. It's old, but I remember that. That was always said during it. And when it comes to love, especially our Gemini is bound to be star-crossed. Indeed, she is most definitely challenged in affairs of the heart. Still at the same time, her experience of love is something many of us can only dream of. <clears throat> Gemini girl storms the sexual arena, chewing on that apple, her mind newly awake to the myriad stimuli that electrify her sign-ruled nervous system. 
And just as eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge gave rise to understanding the world as a system of pairs of opposites, which is what sent the first couple frantically groping for fig leaves, Gemini is perpetually eager to play, you show me yours and I'll show you mine, her infamous curiosity driving her at the core. Not only that, it seems that part and parcel of munching forbidden fruit is an attraction to a fellow who's extremely opposite to her self-conscious controversy, first and foremost, on the home front and especially in the eyes of her father. She may be drawn to someone considered too old, too fast, too married. She may form a killer crush on an outright hoodlum, a boy across a racial fence, one from that wrong side of the tracks or the right side, as it is often Gemini who is the societal underdog. She is the daughter of Mercury, after all, the urban god of rabble-rousers who was the primo di uh, deity of Roman plebeians, the working class at whom the ruling class uh, partitions look down their noses. Gemini often... Daenerys! <laughs> Stop, please. She's playing with my feet. I'm sorry. Gemini often, regardless of how silver a spoon she is, she is fed from, truth, I mean, tends to espouse an urban homegirl sensibility. Oh my god, stop it! The proverbial hood... I'm sorry, she's distracting me. Uh, hood being Mercury's rule. In medieval times, the god was the patron of third house guilds and merchants. The latter term being derived from his name, Helen was indeed a most precious commodity. Her marriage like that of all women historically up to the modern age at a point of trade. Likewise, in the biblical line, line the fall brought about by Eve's actions necessitates living by one's wits, which extending the analogy were purchased at a heavy price. The expelled antediluvian Eve and her progeny had to survive by the sweat of their brow amid family feuding. Cain and Abel are such purported to have and twin, had twin sisters, such suspicions of incest being unavoid, unavoidable. And before you can say Angelina Jolie, we see the emergence and genesis of the wheelie-dealie side of human nature ripe as it with mercurial deceit, trickery, and thievery. Key ingredients in the gathering storm of post-fall human descendants, cultivating in the purging flood represented by the succeeding sign of cancer, fittingly the cardinal water sign of the zodiac. Meanwhile, the metaphorical experience of these street Streety third house attribu attributes are packaged into our pretty little Geminian bird, making her tough and tender gamin she is. In short, her love life is all very West Side Story, characterized as it was by a sort of social divide. The element of air signifies the mental experience as well as the social one, such that just as the twins girls are subject to a division in her rational relation to the often harsh realities of the world, she often tends to have oh, excuse me, um, to cope with one form or another of cultural co crossroads. Just when you thought the mention of West Side Story was a throwaway reference, there's more. I don't know about you guys. I've never seen the West Side Story. I've heard of it, but I I don't know what it's about. So, sorry I can't, you know, indulge in that. <laughs> um, 
when it comes to the Advent love, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, the basis for aforementioned musical, is an exploration of the Geminian experience from soup to nuts. The play treats the mutable air world of social disorder played out in an urban landscape. Every Mercury-ruled third house theme under the sun is folded into the mix of family feud between two merchant houses and the backdrop from Romeo and Juliet, nigh on completing her 14th year of life, who hastily rushed into star-crossed love. The play itself is already a retelling of the Helen myth, or rather an untelling of it, as Shakespeare has Juliet patrolled to Paris, making him now into the Menelaus, whom he, the beloved girl, throws over in favor of the forbidden fruit of Romeo. Romeo describes Juliet, too, in Hellenesque terms, saying she teaches the torch to burn bright. They, they first profess their love to one another in the Capulet's apple orchid, only to end up in their shared, shared tomb. Like Adam and Eve, expelled from the garden and unfortunately robbed of their immortality. What Shakespeare calls their death-marked love isn't love on the Gemini girl for whom, as in all romances, an element of the unrequited is de rigueur. First, like Juliet, Gemini is living proof of love at first sight. All else fuzzing out of focus when she spots a boy who takes her sign ruled breath away. The, exist the existence of the phenomenon is debated by dubious philosophers, for sure, not one of whom are Gemini women. The third house rule of immediate experience isn't just rele re relegated to that of the familiar, indeed familial surroundings, but to Mercury's rule of the instantaneous. So this is interesting, of course. Uh, I never would think to have compared Romeo and Juliet to Gemini because... Um, I don't know, Gemini, uh, maybe we'll find out more, but I just feel like Romeo and Juliet have this really, like, strong connection, and um, usually I feel like, I mean, of course, every sign is capable of loving, but, you know, we all love in different kind of ways, and I feel like um, Gemini is one of those that can't really get to that deep of a kind of love they just have like a like I almost feel like um <clears throat> Gemini's have like a love of like where you have to like understand like understand them respect that they can't get extremely deep in their emotions you know what I mean like you have to be able to be okay with that and understand that that doesn't mean they don't love you but that's just how they love if you know it's like it's like a surface love almost. Um, and I'm, I say this, of course, um, because, you know, like uh, the, from the experience I've seen with some of my Gemini friends, I've never really seen them, like I really have deep love for someone. Like I've seen more like deep lust where, you know, like the sex is fun. They say they enjoy the sex and they enjoy the person and everything, but it's not really like that deep connection, you know, like, it's very surfaced, and if they are in love with someone, it's like, it's like a different kind of love, like I said, where it's just, it's like they love them, but it's just not, I don't on that really deep, deep level, I guess, you know what I mean, but, um, 
yeah, not saying that you guys are not capable of loving, because I know you are, you know, it's just, it takes that special someone to really get you there, and also, I guess you can just say it goes, um, it depends on your moon and your Venus sign, to be honest, um, so you can have some really deep loving, um, Gemini, um, with like a water moon, or in a fire moon, or a, uh, you know, fire or water, um, Venus, so, we'll see, anyways, although Gemini is a mental air sign, it is not a rational one, the sign corresponds to the, rep- to the rep- reptilian brain, which is the primitive bit in humans similar to that in modern reptiles and their flying cousins, birds, oh, Finally, many Gemini concerns are housed in the part of the organ, it rules those antediluvian survival instincts, like hoarding and mating, as well as a ritualistic behavior, including the courtship. It also controls automatic responses like breathing, as well as the opposite instincts for fight and flight, fear and lust, love and hate, the last two compromising the thin line main theme of Shakespeare's play. Indeed, the name Julia, a feminine diminutive of Julius, comes from the Greek Ulo. Ulos, uh, meaning downy. Another Avery reference chalked up to the twins' bird. Love at first sight is thus an automatic response that seems to control Gemini girl more than any other sign, but by the same token, its exclusive usage is something out of which she must evolve, learning to employ her conscious thought more with mindfully, like Juliet and all her archetypal figures. Gemini acts hastily without thought to consequences, though she tends not to look both ways at the intersection of love, which might see her getting clobbered. Many would give their frontal lobes for such a full-on experience of love overwhelming. For Gemini, it is, unavo- it is unavoidable that she hurtle head over heels into the abyss of l'amour, and doing so for ill or nil only serves to toughen this bird up as time goes on. So yeah, um, I feel like Let's see. Mutable. Mutable signs for you guys. You know, that's, of course, Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like um, mutable signs, they are kind of like that. Like, when they connect with someone or really like someone, they, I mean, they jump in like it's nothing else. And that's because I feel like mutable, you know, you guys just go with the flow. You go where your heart leads. You, you just, you know, you're, you're able to adapt. And when you meet that person, you're just, you're just all in, you know what I mean? You're very all in. Of course you all experience love in a different way. And I would say probably like for Virgos though, Virgos, eh, you guys are really skeptical. So I wouldn't say you guys would just jump right in. You guys are extremely skeptical. Like you have to fill the person out first before you're like, oh my God, I love you. Like you guys are like, mm, like, does he brush his teeth? You know, he's good looking, but does he have a good job? Does he this and that? Like you're very inquisitive when it comes to that kind of stuff. But then once, once that person meets your standards, pretty much, then you're all in, and yeah, you're like going crazy with like doing anything and everything, you know, because you love them and you, you want to make them happy. Pisces the same way Pisces you know Pisces seems to like when you guys 
like fall in love with just pretty much anyone because you're just so damn open and loving. And you guys like jump in so fast, so quick, you know, and then um, once you're either, you know, like not feeling it or you find someone else, then you disappear. And, you know, like Gemini is obviously the same, seems like it. Sagittarius is the same thing where you guys love the, you don't really like to commit, but you love the feeling of that honeymoon stage. You know, you're fire, you're passionate, you know, you're open and like, loving these people, hanging out with these people, but you don't want to be tied down. And Gemini is pretty much kind of, you know, it's the opposite of Sagittarius, the same way, you know, where they're just like head over heels, fast, fast, fast. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, like that mutable air, just like so whirlwindy and all over the place. So, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. All right, so let's go ahead and jump back in just as the 14 to 21 age group associated with the sign betrays a shift from dependent to independent thought in the individual so too does Juliet shift in the play from an ancillary ancillary conditional character to a free-thinking unconditional one She moves from using her reptilian, ritualistic brain associated with inherited automatic responses, which by right should signal repulsion to a a Montag, I think it is, to employing her own noggin as if for the first time, like Eve, independent of God's conditional world where he does the thinking for you. In the urban jungle, however, one must develop one's sustainable plots for survival. Such a process will come to characterize the whole of the eternal 14 to 21 year old's life, whereby you might say her inner Clytemestra, oh my god, you guys, forgive me, Clytemestra, the human rational, indeed calculating, if not ironically cold blooded, part of herself systematically replaces the instinctually vulnerable and thus potential trouble making Hellenist side. In the meantime, Gemini tends to lose her head every time love comes to town, or so it seems to those intimately associated with her. Her motto, I think, thus becomes a quantitative question of how much or how little. Poor star-crossed Gemini, unlike her male counterpart who indulges in the third house attributes of friends and immediate family, not seeming to get enough of this level of companionship, the twins' girls can't seem to escape it becoming a trap. As with Juliet, Eve, or Helen, expectations are heaped on the Gemini girl that she adhered to a vision of her future, typically designed and held by her parents, who nonetheless fail in her estimation anyway to fully meet her immediate needs. She may, in fact, unconsciously seek out such Romeos as she knows will raise the ear of her loved ones. Whatever the case may be, when it comes to love, her decision-making or lack thereof tends to upset the familial. Uh, apple cart. Even when the choice of fellow is fine by them and Gemini brings home the school valedictorian, the reaction to the relationship might be the same as it would have been if she had brought home a 45-year-old tattooed nipple-pierced ex-con cult leader named Daddy. And for one simple reason, the twins' girl personality tends to shift so abruptly from what is her usual autocratic, if not tyrannical, character on the home front. When she's incidentally always been that calculated Clim- Clementinestra to a suddenly 
simpering inner in invertebrate that it would seem to anybody who knows Miss Bossy that the relationship is turning her into an une- unequivocal bimbo. So yeah, like I don't know if you guys have noticed, but like yeah, Gemini women, Gemini in general, but since this is about the women. Do you guys notice how they kind of can go like sometimes they can be like detached from love, like oh, he's cool, he's all right, you know, I'm just having fun, or they can just go completely gaga for somebody, like, and I mean, it's like, I wouldn't say it's as, like, quick and fast as Aries, I guess you could say, but more like, I don't know, because they're mutable air, so it's just, like, all over the place, and I feel like, you know, air has to constantly move, so it's just, like, they can just go head over heels for someone, and, not really, like, I would say, like, be completely, like, deep in love with them, you know, but more like a, you know, this is so fun, you know, we're doing things, like, let's go, 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 kind of like Sagittarius, which is their sister sign, you know, but it's just, like, is, you know, the, the biggest problem is if they get bored, and a lot of Geminis usually get bored if things become stale, so... Let's continue reading. It's only natural to blame the guy as the newly introduced stimulus. Whatever the case, the notoriously scrappy and clever schoolgirl seems to go out the window when the advent love and those close to her can't but can't help but worry that the Gemini's sense of self, at least as they always knew it, is in jeopardy. To be fair, she might have doormat written all over her, and even fellows with noble intentions are hard pressed not to turn into op- opportunistic snakes, snakes in the grass. So yes. Don't think that just because Geminis usually are very intelligent and stuff like that, they sometimes can be fools for love. Um, I've seen it happen personally um, in my life. And, um, you know, they sometimes they see red flags and stuff, but they're just like, you know, they're just so excited and like really into the relationship sometimes that they will sometimes go overboard for someone. And if someone is not there with good intentions, of course, they are going to be used. Okay, and the pattern repeats. Of course, the knee-jerk reaction is to try to stop, indeed forbid, the twins' girl from further integrating herself via relationships. But we all know what that does psychologically. As in the fantastic, yet another Romeo and Juliet-based musical. I've never seen this guy, so I'm sorry I cannot elaborate on it. The fathers of the would-be lovers prevent their growing children from seeing one another, twisting the familiar theme in a plot to ensure they'll marry in defiance. Likewise, the surest way to see Gemini encourage any behavior is to tell her she's disallowed bard, the defiant goddess of discord, rises in her and social discord ensues. Disorder, I'm sorry. Revolting against rules is what Gemini, with the apple in her, is all about. The truth is... Love interest from a male, specifically in Gemini's early development, is tantamount to the attention she has felt lacking of all her life. Generally, as a result of parental focus being placed on one or more either shining or troubled sibling. If Eris teaches us anything, it's that feeling slighted is the root of all discordant social action. Unfortunately, the adopted airheaded personality Gemini presents to Abu often sees her getting carried away and her haste to be loved, please, and be pleased might result in her being left holding the bag. Cir- circumspection in sex especially isn't the Gemini's strongest suit. Overtones 
uh, of sub- succumbing to the snake in the garden being obvious. Gemini's own personal paradise is all too often lost, lost by the dashboard light. Signature fallout ensues, and the result of heedless sexual action tends to plague Gemini in any numbers of forms. She risks sending a would-be Romeo the wrong message. That screwing around so easily isn't something she does just with him. There is the rumor mill to think about in her local reputation, both aspects of the third house. There are the de rigueur, I told you so's by nosy friends, family, even neighbors. Poor Gemini, she can't seem to do anything without it affecting those in her immediate vicinity. A power, however, she can and typically will come to harness as her own special astrological weapon for conquering the world. Yeah, so... Again, we know that Geminis usually are someone that will have multiple people they talk to. Um, this goes for Gemini women, too. So that should not come to a surprise for you guys. So not saying all Geminis, of course, are like that, because like I said, it depends always on other placements. But if you have strong Gemini energy, uh, definitely like the Gemini sun, because, you know, the sun represents our ego and stuff. You may be one of those people. <laughs> All right. For better or worse, there is no such thing as an isolated instance in her experience. For all her lack of forethought, she torments herself in hindsight. Her motto, I think, now carries the subtitle, too much. As she neurotically examines every possible consequence to her actions, guilt especially becomes a downside of her mercury-ruled guile. Suddenly, that apple gets stuck in her throat. Love at first sight for the Zodiac's Juliet invariably morphs into the unrequited variety amid a cyclone of variables. Since she's typically so young, falling hard for an equally callow fellow, there isn't much chance outside of the 16th century Verona that she'd be considered old enough to marry. There's that familial disapproval, perhaps ensuing gossip surrounding her fast mercurial nature. Her mind becomes a role of every possible opinion, Others might have of her, sometimes as a human nature rejection by an amorato, sins for reeling into a need for validation, ironically taking in what she thinks are others' projections. She might fall into sort of sexual perdition, looking for love in all the wrong places. Sometimes I wonder, is that why, like, my mind is, like, a million, like, things, of course, and I think it it, it has a lot to do with it, because I mentioned that I have a third house stellium. And it's just only the third house because it's in two different signs. Uh, some is in Libra and some are, is in Scorpio. So it's not a stellium within one sign. It's just a third. It's just all in the third house. Like I have a lot of placements in the third house. So it explains my love of knowledge and learning and my mind going a million miles per hour where I'm jump, jumping from one thing to another. It's crazy. You guys are lucky not to have my brain. I'm sure a lot of you, though. I hear a lot of you do that, uh, especially like uh, Pisces is another one that kind of lives in their head. And any air sign, to be honest, I feel like Aquarius is a little bit more grounded, though. But definitely Gemini is, of course, are top because they have that Mercury energy that is about, you know, communication and basically like, like, you know, like things go like really quick, fast, 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 like when it comes to Mercury energy. Um, okay, so more gossip, more neurotic thoughts of any female. She is most easily targeted by older, uh, often older snakes who see in, in her an opportunity to assert a sexual agenda. 
More wanting to please, seeking validation, Gemini flirts with disaster. Drugs might ease the pain, silence her thoughts. She's sending signals of vulnerability. It can become a feeding frenzy. Helen's forsworn suitors. Breaking their oath to protect her, there is a parallel pattern where the Gemini is creatively gifted. Excuse me, okay. Oh my god, I'm sorry. <laughs> she often has such divine talents that they like her capability for love and immortalizing. Um, sorry, my cat was trying to be evil. <laughs> Anyways, the Zodiac's uh, previous cargo thus is likewise haggled over and exploited by the world of men as a near analogy of the dynamic of her love life can take can take. More gossip, more derision, guilt, self-loathing, nervous, anxiety. The gathering storm, the ensuing cyclone. And like Dorothy Gale, her, her surname, a symbol, is self-immutable air. She gathers up her, her all total in translation and longs to get away, to fly f- away from that happy little bluebird. But before you can say ever portrait of teenage runaway, she's... um. Uh, such an exodus of biblical or made-for-TV proportions. We realize it's strictly a metaphorical one. Gemini girl never gets to Oz. Her world is the black-and-white experiences of good versus bad, duality expressed by familial cancers, as we'll see Leo woman drawing on the huntress archetype embodies the technicolor, chase along some golden path or another while for the twins it will rightly remain a dream. Explosion will take the form of self-imposed exile while Gemini comes um, to grips with some brand of personal fall into the pits, a normal disposition of her astrological inheritance. Feeling that her all-again total will be swallowed up uh, up by that ugly gulch. If you guys don't know what Toto is, it's Dorothy, uh, Dorothy's dog um, from Wizard of Oz. It's a classic. It's a very old movie. I'm sure most of us have seen it, but you never know. So I just, just kiss you like, what the fuck is Toto? Or Dorothy Gill, it's The Wizard of Oz. It's a really good movie. It's very cute. So if you ever want to watch it, it was made, I think, in 1942. Don't quote me, but it was very old. Anyways, it's still, um, it starts off in gray, but then it goes to color. I think it does. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I watched it like they played it for me, um, you know, in class when I was a kid, you know, like when you're in elementary school and it's like toward the like end of like school year and you're and the teachers start bringing more movies and stuff. So I don't know if they do that now, like, but when I was going to school, that's how it was. Anyways. If still living at home, she can be in her 30s before leaving the, ro- the roost. Gemini may end up behind a closed door at the end of the hallway, leaking sad songs that speak to her pain and isolation. The storm has overwhelmed her mind, and though she may stay for years in a cocoon of segregation, rolling her eyes and sneering her lips at loved ones, she will eventually change identities, Juliet to Lolita, Helen to... Climbs to Nestra, underdog to butterfly, still delicate, but unlike the rest of us mere mortals, able to let fly her myriad fascinations. So, um, solidity, so, solitary confinement, if only of the metaphorical kind, brings Gemini to her senses, literally connecting her winged mercurial head to the raw here, heretofore flailing nerve upon which she lives. Not to suggest that she'll emerge from the pits with some new spiritually awaken personality not at all she'll be the same two people she's always been 
that just sounds so funny. Only now she will channel them at will, not unconsciously causing a stir, but resolutely doing so. And I think that's when Gemini's just are fucking amazing. When you can harness like your basically dual personality and know when to fucking use that shit, that is where like, I feel like that's where Gemini's strength comes in because you can really like get ahead really far. You can go really far by doing that compared to if you're so fucking sporadic and shit. So it says, so now if some snaky Humbert Humbert comes along, she turns the tables, letting him think he's getting his way while she works her own agenda. Lolita, remember, had a secret Romeo stashed away the hole while she sucked that lollipop and used her le- lecherous father figure as a vehicle to islab- establishing her own life where she was boss of the bungalow, a helpmate to a young husband who seemingly appeared out of nowhere. Gemini thus turns to the world of men who were once beyond her kin and asks a musical question, who's zooming? Who zoom in who? She harnesses the power of her vulnerability, bringing opportunistic wheeler dealers out of the woodwork, those who thinking they have a pushover on their hands and unwittingly to do her bidding. She re- she releases the schoolgirl sexuality right smack dab in the middle of her most professional of dealings. Indeed, there isn't a sector of life in which Gemini doesn't disarm the so-called ruling patriarchy, grabbing the, the good old boy network by the balls and twisting her dual humpert designs to be her Patreon cum partner to her best advantage. She comes to realize that she's able to work mutable air magic, making other thing, other, others think what she wants them to think with nothing more than a wink and prayer. This is her gift, to make people feel her only game plan is to please, and thereby Gemini is sought after. Her very association feels like a favor that's been selflessly granted. And here's the kicker, who can say no to someone who acts for so little? With all the stops she pulls out portraying the ingenue to gain around in virtually every endeavor, she will have put an end to such game playing in her personal life. She is far too naturally susceptible to emotional pain and suffering to expose herself to even the slightest possibility of hurt. Bruising oh so easily in situations, though, which other might sell unscathed, she steers clear of any man with whom the possibility of a romantic bond might give rise to a roller coaster ride, which, quite frankly, her nerves cannot abide. Practically becomes her primary focus in the securing of a relationship crossing the street if some slick male character comes her way. She'll start to shadow guys who pose no imaginable threat. Boyish fellows with whom she establishes a palsy friendship are the safe sets of safe bets she seeks slowly transitioning transitioning the relationship into one that includes romance. Before the guy even knows his new best friend has bigger plans for him, she might already be pursuing China patterns. What Jim and I wants most is to be stimulated mentally to find a mate with whom she has shared interests, if not parallel professional designs, where pulling resources two heads can be more powerful than one. Just as Jim, just as Jim and I guy looks for an almost exact female counterpart who perpetuates a lifestyle similar to his own upbringing, Gemini girl seeks to trade in her set of familiar, familial circumstances for a whole new one. Typically, this informs her choice of mate more than she might admit even to herself. She wants to wave goodbye to anything she deems dysfunctional in her past, and as she will invariably become part of her mate's family in many respects like a sibling, she is picky as to kind of brood she chooses to marry into. What she especially prizes is a family with strong parental influence in contrast to what she might consider the stifling force of her own, 
when we're both emotional and even financial support could be forthcoming. She is not symbiotic with the mate. Rather, she sees marriage, especially as two people rolling up their sleeves and digging into the day-to-day duties as hand in a very business-like partnership. Whether or not she had a mate work together, she will take on the role of the eyes and ears of the relationship. Information central. You want to get to, you want to get to him. You'll have to go through her. In this way, she determines that her mate will have no distraction from his read her plan and thus have no excuses for not increasing pr- productivity and their own financial payoff. Even when going off to their separate places of employment, she will typically act as his public relations representative, a mouthpiece geared at casting a wider net so he needn't waste time to such outreach. It's automatic for her anyway. She is a spin master facilitating her loved ones and deepers. When she has children, it will be the same with them, much to the skulking chagrin of offspring who labor her overbearing to this, say the least. Often she will choose a mate with questionable social skills who won't fight, but wholeheartedly welcome her being the front man. She cannot and will not be in a lasting relationship where the man is under some lord and master delusion. She is astrologically predetermined to feel like a potential bird in a gilded cage who nonetheless yearns to fly free. This, then anything, will inform her choice of partner ironically. Um, Ironically, though, she'll keep her guy on a rather short leash. She typically has claws, clauses to... Um, clauses written into her contract that see her jetting off with friends or on solo business where she can practically practice her more glamorous persona of the eternal coquette. If I sound kind of like hesitant or like I'm like kind of like distracted, it's because I have to make sure I check the time on this uh, app because like it will shut me off and you know I don't want to ever repeat what I did for last cancer season, which I am going to be doing that over because that was like my first like start and I felt like it was kind of mess. So I want to do it over. Um, I don't know if I started cancer wellness because um, I may not do that over because that's pretty much the same book, but definitely like the start of the season and um, all the other good, all the other goodies and stuff. So anyway, let's go ahead and jump back in. Um... When it comes to sex, it is Gemini's habit to feign ni- uh, naivety. Even in her practical long-term relationships, the bedroom is one place she can't help but put on a bit of a show. While still in that dating pool, there's something intriguing to many a man about a woman who appears wet behind the ears, especially when one senses she's similarly conditioned in a, in a certain other key spot. More importantly, this is so-called sexual illiteracy disarms any guy who even if kidding himself believes that such neophytism means that she has no great experience with which to compare him and this way gemini instinctually lets a man off the hook of having to perform spectacularly something she finds from experience to be a hurdle of the kind of low stakes role in the hay she enjoys anyway most importantly it takes any burden off her she can't be pressured to engage in any acts that are too elaborate or elaborate or invasive and so she'll claim exemption on the grounds of her supposed novice status she doesn't like to go too deep into sexual experiences literally or figuratively much preferring to keep activities light and superficial moreover she likes the focus of behavioral behavior to be geared toward her pleasure 
to her credit, this ruse tends to work like a charm. It's Ryan Guy's gentlemanly nature, ensuring he proceeds gingerly, easing her into a more advanced play. I'm going to hydrate you guys because it's burning up here. Love ice cold water. Anyways. <laughs> What she withholds in actual participation, she makes up for with a show of enthusiasm. Part and parcel of being that ingenue is embodying a certain eager curiosity, a teach-me-teach-me attitude that motivates a man to take a protective, if not professional, attitude toward her sexual education. In a sense, all men become Nabokos, Nutty Professors, Lolita, Sexual Mentor, Humbert, Humbert, a name that perfect that perfectly represents the, the duplicity Gemini woman projects into a man as either the laudable educator or downright leck. It is indeed amazing what she can accomplish with the simple vacant all the while knowing. Look giving look leaving it up to a man to handle her with care. She may be blatantly vulnerable, but she pretty much goes willingly, rarely needing to put up a fuss, since it's already planted in her partner's mind that he's conveying precious cargo. When he takes Gemini on an erotic trip, she plays the protege, literally the protected seeking to be taken under a man's wing. In Eve's archetypal perspective of fallen angel helen's going along so willingly with her kidnapping or lolita's losing her lolly with the pop we see that it's in gemini's erotic nature to portray the good girl going bad role-playing is endemic to her sex life as in a way she's never not engaging in it so long as one indulges the noble lie that she is undertaking certain activities only because they are being sprung on her as if for the first time gemini can be a fairly adventurous sexual partner Ooh, fun. I love it. She will all she will alight upon many acts and positions during a single interlude, so long as she's never made to explore anyone too profoundly. Her skin is sensitive and may react wildly to even the slightest touch. The innate vulnerability associated with the sign is poignantly expressed during sex, where it seems to take so very little to please the nervy bundle that is our beautiful Gemini. Gemini, uh, I'm sorry, just as she is a master of psychological manipulation, she in turn likes to be physically teased, the element of surprise being highly arousing to her. She may even enjoy being tied down occasionally with a steady partner that is, who will take her to the edge with light touches and licks of how much tactile torment she can take. For the Gemini whose mind is always racing ahead, there is much excitement to be derived from expectation while in such a helpless Helena's state, she'll thrill at being baited by a man, say, rubbing her dog around her kitty, dipping it, dipping in and out, or if she feels emotionally secure, even screwing her while she she remains restrained. Despite the particular delight she feels in being brittle, she may banish such behavior entirely if those old feelings of insecurity are released as a result. A lover must always remain alert and flexible to her ever-changing moods. So I'm going to go ahead and read the straight turn-ons for the Gemini women, and it's younger younger boyish men, married men, seduction playing in genial, uh, basketball players, Africans, Latins, one-night stands, exhibitionism, mu mutual masturbation, standing sex, speedy thrusting, quickies, 
Teachers, professors, masturbation during sex, doctor, nurse, role play, phone, cyber sex, treasure trails, goatees, active oral sex, passive, white, B&D, buy men, buy porn, vibrators, dildos, tickling, pinching, teasing, passive, nipple play, swapping, girl on girl. Okay, so let's go ahead and continue. When it comes to intercourse, the twins actually prefers to be on top, where she can control the pace and positioning. Having a guy plow her often feels too much like a violation, and she has no patience for a man, even her long-term lover, just wanting to get off. There is always a sense of the Gemini self-pleasuring in bed, as if her partner is a mere tool for her own masturbatory masterwork. She won't, however, tolerate being similarly engaged. Gemini will always retain an aspect of wanting to lose herself in sex. Playing capture can be cute, but it's a total rapture she's really after being transfixed by the sexual act without necessarily having to credit the man who's on hand to help her achieve his aim. He's there to provide the ride, and Gemini can be downright bossy in the bedroom, often forgetting that her lover's role isn't only to do her bidding. Constantly, she often enters into a relationship with sexually immature men. Um... Where was I? Yeah, immature men or even somewhat namby-pamby ones opting for an opposite type to be overbearing men she may have felt abused by at some point in her past. Besides, as mutable mix of masculine and feminine energies as befits Mercury's androgynous neutered glyph suggests, Gemini feels a a commonality with a guy who possesses a strong, sensitive feminine side. In some cases, she may even thrive on sexually overpowering a decidedly fey male. Whereas most women find male homosexuality a hands-down turnoff, the Gemini may be both psychologically intrigued and erotically titillated. In fact, she'd sooner engage in a threesome with two men as opposed to the more commonplace guy-girl-girl-guy-girl menage. Knowing she won't be the overwhelming focus, she might get off on watching what transpires sexually between guys. If for no other uh, reason than to satisfy her infamous curiosity, seeing what she knows most women will never see. Watching such a trice, she is rather unshockable as like her Libran ear sign cousin. She can be something of an honorary gay man herself. Gemini is probably the most versatile sexual creature in the Zodiac. A life lived at the proverbial crossroads sees her going where the wind takes her more than any other woman on the astrological block. She approaches sex like a schoolgirl armed with a little four-way folded paper cootie catcher, randomly exploring all directions, often opening a new door into unexpected and unexplored sexual territory. No female is more naturally bisexual, and Gemini often acts on same-sex curiosity early in life. Anything that smacks of forbidden fruit, remember begs Gemini to be um, sometimes literally munched. The ruby variety included for all the sexual blowing in the wind, Bob Dylan is a Gemini, of course. She tends to eschew hard and fast labels, seeming herself a people person. Having said that, when the Gemini does identify as gay, even on a temporary basis, not an unlikely scenario either, she tends to be most in your face about it. If and when she is made to feel she shouldn't be doing something due to societal poo-pooing, let's face it, it's not a perfect world and biases do exist. The twins girl will go that much further to cause controversy the proverbial apple lodged deep in her gullet. 
Meaning if, say, Gemini attends a stodgy family gathering, she won't discreetly bring her girlfriend, but will sooner arrive in matching outfits, each wearing one of a set of earrings, and make quite a little show for her bond, effe- bond affection taking priority over pure affection. Call it the heiress in her, or the Anne Hitch. Either way, it begs the question, is Gemini sometimes in gay relationships simply for the effect? At least it's a question that might occur to her lover perhaps after Gemini has up and flown the coop, making a display in Gemini's astrological legacy just just as it is for her so-called opposite sign of Sagittarius. Not really opposite at all, but rather octaves of one another, whereas for Sag, the Lady Godiva of the Zodiac, all is pomp and circumstance. For Gemini, life is rather like a stage coop or demonstration launched from a rather underdog perspective. Perhaps as a symptom of that twenty, I mean, 14 to 21 age group associated with her sign, the Gemini bird is acutely aware of pecking orders and so-called popularity, when actually that age herself, she is rather more advanced than her peers and tends to seek out the company of those just that much older than herself. She is drawn to a more maturing crowd, emulating, if not outright imprinting on glamorous girls that is, as she sees them, being so naturally bisexual, a character she will rarely experience all-out lesbian crushes. Rather, her feelings, even of lust, will be wrapped up in a worship, friendship, envy, and third-house sibling adoration, all in equal measure. I'm going to go ahead and read the gay turn-ons for the Gemini woman, and it is younger women, models, glamazons, blondes, redheads, athletes, gymnasts, femmes, straights, uh, straight by um, women, Toy gadgets, domination, double dildos, fingering, licking, biting, threesomes, foursomes, she strings, lace, leather, erotica, mastery, cross uh, dressing, carpet sweeping, scissoring, phone, cyber sex, mid mind games, um, active penetration, strap ons, role play, masks, costumes, anonymous sex, active worship, paying prostitutes, fantasies, private parties, sex clubs. Okay, as her ruler Mercury is the close is the closet orbiting planet closest. I'm sorry, orbiting planet to the sun. Our little Gemini moth is drawn to sunny golden girls, whom she hopes will dote on her with that same sense of sisterly affection. She basks in such reflected light, adopted as a kid, the eternal gamine to those she considers estimable goddesses. By association, those her own age see her as exalted figure. Again, our Gemini is, in a sense, two people. Gay Gemini incorporates a sort of dynamic into her adult experience. For the intermittent teenager, the world is one high school, and a Gemini is just as proficient as infiltrating the boo monde, monde. You know, they put French words in here, so I'm sorry. I don't know how to pronounce them. As she is getting to good with sin, with sin, sin, as she is getting in good with senior cheerleaders when she herself is a, is a merely a freshman, developing an appetite for glamour gossip early in life while the tourist teen might selfishly be scan, scanning Vogue and Harper's Bazaar for beauty tips. Gemini is pursuing Vanity Fair and other glit, glitterati rags for the last latest dish and dirt. Once venturing out on her own, the Zodiac's original urbanite will typically gravitate toward the big city attracted by professions and per- perpetuate this buzzy lifestyle fashion and entertainment are big draws to the gemini who prefers to work it 
in these industries, even just behind the scenes. She is the perfect fashion hair or makeup stylist. She's a human Rolodex who makes a great artist, model, or photographer, agent, or booker. The cons- the consummate manager or public relations consultant jobs where she might find herself gilded by association with the rich and famous. Even when Jim Knight is herself a celeb, she will generally be self-efficacing. In the face of more glamorous, notable in contrast to whom she'll remain her gaga gamine self. That proverbial people person, gay Gemini, is rarely exclusively lesbian in her associations having a slew of straight friends, especially gay male friends with whom she'll cavort. She will, however, be a card-carrying member of the girl of the gay girl mafia, an exclusive set of stylish women who love women, aiding and abetting her sisters in their personal and professional lives as she is likewise given such assists. Gemini is the preeminent networker and is often the person to know in whatever industry one might be attempting to maneuver. She is a lookist and will typically only associate with highly presentable crowd that viewpoint carrying over to her love relationship as well, though she doesn't have a specific type of anyone gay. Gemini is something of a modelizer bog to bag as many wafy would be mannequins as she might. She also she may also be a bit of a star fucker, thinking nothing of dating someone purely because she's famous. Popularity is forever impressive to Gemini as she tends to venture her own success on ye old adage. It's not what you know, it's who you know. The carries this carries over into the world of wooing. As just as it is a mantra in the professional life. Indeed, sex for the gay Geminin uh, often amounts to what others might consider extended, if not epic, foreplay involving her signed rolled hands, breath, and nerve endings. Her idea of rapture is spending hours arousing one another with the unbequitious employment of fingertips, inhaling the pleasure, and thus allowing the sensation to spread over the entirety of her goose flesh. It's all about surface tactile exploration for this bird that in a shadow a shallow employment of tongue as to deliver little zaps and tingles of any gay girl in the zodiac. Gemini can most easily forgo the phallic sculpture off other stash in their nightstand. She will do this strapping on, however, if it is important to her partner, typically taking a pass at being passive. Pictorial orgasms are the ones she comes to trust, and she's more than satisfied with no fuss, no muss, contact, impatient and impetuous, impetuous as she is. She doesn't like to, like to, shall we say, beat around the bush, locking into her lover's trigger and not letting go until she's fired off a number of shots. It's how she likes it in return, too, and indeed no woman gets off quicker or as so instantaneous a refractory recovery as she, the envy. Inviable, inviable processor of multiple old ca- capability. When she goes, she's gone, losing herself in the chaos of sensation. The twins' girl falls into a near pit, if not fit of passion. Indeed, she often descends into semi-conscious, which may require the metaphorical equivalent of a popcorn trail to find her way back to the reality at hand. While many people become increasingly jaded by same samey sex sexual experience, feeling a need to raise the stakes to attain altered um, ecstatic states, Gemini is almost overwhelmed by the simplest, straightforward, erotic involvement and indeed comes to rely on a regular sexual routine. An insular character, she rarely has a mind to engage in expansive scenarios such as group sex.
She enjoys flirtation more than anyone, however, and will often find ride a fine line, even with members of her close circle of friend of girlfriends. It can all be incestuous. Gemini's lover is better. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I'm just getting tongue tied. Uh, Gemini lovers is better off granting her in casual indiscretion, as it rarely amounts to anything more serious. Her natural conquetry is an is in itself an aphrodisiac to the Gemini who might still a kiss just for the thrill of being spied by her lover, hoping it might sense things up later in the sanctity of their own sack. Harmless mind games come to define the behavior of the Gemini. She can hold your hostage mentally or or free your mind to endless possibilities. She is the fleet in society's ear, forever bending others to her perceptions, speaking, making us think she might she she oh my god making us think she, uh the thoughts she silently suggests oh my god guys so that's it for gemini women oh my goodness um let's go ahead and jump into the couplings i hope you guys like that i kind of felt like it was meh <laughs> meh you know like i felt like it focused more on the dual personality and um you know, just more of the neurotic side of Gemini. To me, that's just me. So I feel like I didn't really go into detail like others. So here are the couplings. Um, This is the straight. So Gemini woman, Aries man. She's a fresh pixie to the flower. He's the brute. She can't resist. Often purely physical at first. The pairing is eventually founding on friendship. Sexually, she's tireless. He has the same power to sustain her. Taurus man, she's been searching for someone so sensitive and strong. He's found a sexy spitfire sort. Their friendship is foremost, so sex is really the focus. Indeed, in bed, they sometimes seem reluctant. Still, there's hope. Gemini man, slick, innovative. Geminis come together fast and furious at first. It's a blast, a social, sexual, creative whirlwind. But making a deeper commitment is challenging. He's restless. Her disquiet increases. Disquiet, I guess. Cancer man, typically passive, he pursues her anyway. Gemini's ambitious appeal makes him behave surprisingly, even shockingly. The crab appears the ultimate catch. Charismatic, clever, in bed, it's a mixed bag, a mess if, a mess if she's moody. Leo man, he's an object of a doting attention. With time, Leo evolves into the dream guy, Gemini imagined. They'll often take a walk down the aisle. Laughter is their saving grace. With her, he's forever in his sexual prime. Virgo man, a challenging psychosexual dynamic. He's a seven golly to the plucky youthful Gemini, but surprise, she's more self-sufficient than he imagined. In bed, Virgo gets a re-education, less repression, more expression. Libra man, where she goes, he'll follow. Libra is positively passive when compared with the enterprising Gemini. They have something to prove. Success is the consequence. Sex is comfortably secondary in their nonstop lifestyle. Scorpio man, he's bewitched. She's the one who will alter his perception from dark to light. As time passes, she hopes he'll remain so reliant. Their commitment appears unbreakable. In bed, lavish fantasies are revealed. Sagittarius man, she's addicted to bold, beguiling sag man. There's an absolute accord 
their bodies to snap into place like puzzle pieces. Sex, like all other aspects of their shared life, is wild and rounds of overt experimentation. Capricorn man, from the start, they seem set on different speeds. He's slow, she's swift. At best, they help each other adjust to a most adequate pace. Sexually, she feels snubbed, but he's dreaming of ways to draw out her desire. Aquarius man, um... Instant detachment, um, correspondent, codependent should be a pitfall. Emotionally bound, sexually wrapped. At best, they embody the body of positive thinking. Otherwise, unreality dissolves into disillusionment. Sexual appetites are unwieldy. Pisces man. Pisces appeals as a consort. He may hang on her every word. Together, world and ambitions are given fullest focus other aspects are often felt in dis- disrepair sexually she gets a surprise mild pisces makes any demands so here's the gay couplings gemini woman aries woman a boarding school scenario aries initiates gemini who is invariably infatuated with the ram allowing herself to try acts she's only ever read about in every aspect. Aries is a leader in bed. There are no inhibitions. Taurus woman with with provocative Gemini. The bull girl attached to her own toughness. They agree on the essentials. Joint professional ventures are a natu- natural partnership path. Sex is endlessly enjoyable. At turns, rough and tumble and tender. Gemini woman. When they meet, two twins are often looking for a pal more than a partner. They'll enjoy a liberal liaison founded on solid friendship. Both uh, bore easily, so dreaming new ways to excite is essential. Mother issues abound, but a certain amount of healing takes place. Gemini lightens and turns to love more without fear. The crab has an emotional leg up on her enchanting Gemini ingenue. Sex stays spontaneous. Um, Leo women, they invite controversy, indulging differences. These two are often playful at odds in public. E- e- egocentric swords, domestic bliss may elude them. If love languages, friendship blossoms sexually, each is the other's best. Virgo women, both are prone to moods and whimsy. The combo is challenged from the start. Gemini must learn to compromise. Almost constantly, Virgo morphs into a more mature self sexually to the energy is tempestuous. Libra woman, an aesthetically inclined couple with a common vision to be expressive in all aspects of life, et voila. They easily engage in liberating, invigorating liaison, a no-fuss affair in which both partners thrive sexually and otherwise. Scorpio woman, two become one from the start. They're happiest alone. Scorpio transforms jumpy Gemini into a serene sword. The pressure to be everything to each other may overwhelm sexually outsiders are off-limits. Sagittarius woman, a winning twosome, Gemini rides uh, strapping Sagittarius coattails. Their partnership means more professional power. But business and pleasure blend beautifully in bed. It's a question of who's the boss. Question, uh, question woman, Capricorn woman. It's a learning experience with a glib. Get over it. Gemini tells, uh, stills the goat's soulful strain searching, but it's a Gemini who's subdued in bed. Her lover demands the comment, the command position. Aquarius women, they'll say it was predestined. This connection is empathetic and extreme as a couple. Their insular neither feels beholden to those on the outside. Even friends in bed, one is more generous than the other. Pisces women, from inauspicious beginnings, Gemini and Pisces build a solid bond. First, they'll weave through a litany of harsh 
preconceived notions often and haphazard, compulsive relationships. Sex is too often an afterthought. So that is it, guys. That's it for Gemini season. It is officially done. Uh, 2021 is sealed and finished. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm sorry if it was a little blah. Um, it, you know, like, I don't know. You know, there's just certain favorites that I like. And I thought the Gemini man was kind of interesting, but I felt like they just, like I said, they did not really focus on the Gemini woman. It just made them look more like all over the place and sporadic and all this mess. And I know there's more to Gemini women than what that book had to say. Anyways, we will continue. Um, Like I said, uh, we are in cancer season officially, I think tomorrow. Um, And I am definitely going to do over cancer season so that cancers get the best of the best because I felt like they kind of got shitted out on the you know, the bat in the stick. But again, you know, I, that was like when the podcast first began and I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with the podcast. So I'm going to redo it. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy that. And I'm excited. We have a full moon coming up, you guys. Tomorrow, Mercury retrograde and Gemini goes direct. It will no longer be retrograde. I am looking forward to this because I feel like I've been like in a, you know, like I just, it just did not do well for me. It, I, I felt like I was just way more um, reflective, which I know that's what it costs, but I just feel like I've been in too many, like there's been too many things that's always more like introverted than extroverted kind of energy. So, you know, I know what I've been doing. I've been working on like my businesses and things I need to do, but you know, like, it's just like, I don't want to move too fast pretty much. So yeah, we are pretty much getting the end. This is like for this sexuality book, Cancer Season will be it. And that will be pretty much all for I'm still going to use it, I guess, because there's other parts in it that I can use. But I'm definitely going to bring out another like relationship, hopefully sexual book. I just have to get digging. So I love you guys so much. I truly do. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. And I hope you guys had an amazing uh, Gemini season. Uh, We are here for cancer. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, excited. Uh, Perhaps like I always get like that kind of calming energy during um, water signs, I guess, because like it helps my emotions because it trines with my moon and everything. So I hope you guys have a wonderful night. You take care, stay safe, and I love you guys. Uh, if you want to really support me, please subscribe and please write, um, you know, a comment. Uh, hopefully it's, I mean, be honest, but if you're going to be mean, please don't because I'm really sensitive. Like, you know, the, I, I believe in constructive uh, criticism, but I don't believe in just completely ragging on someone and just being an asshole or a bitch about it. So um, it will help me, you know, like kind of like grow a little bit. And plus, I just want to know what you guys like and what you don't like about the show. That's my main concern. I want to do things that you guys enjoy. I don't want to just be doing things, you know, like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I assume like you guys would like it because we all I'm sure are astrology lovers here. But you know, like, ask me like some, like, let's do like a questions, you know, of like questions of 
like what you can do like in a relate like a relationship question or a question about yourself and do you think is it because you're sign or otherwise and stuff like you know like fun stuff like that so yeah just subscribe you know love me <laughs> but anyways thank you for supporting me just listening is is still I'm really happy with that you know you don't have to listen but you guys really do and you know, we're way past 1k downloads now. It's it's crazy. It seems like it's going even faster. And that's just amazing. So I hope you guys take care. Love you to pieces. Um, Have a good night.